Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest. Her name is Wendy Ryan, and she refers to as she, her, hers. And she's CEO of Cadabra. With over 25 years of combined experiences in human resources, organizational development, nonprofit leadership, and executive coaching, Wendy has partnered with hundreds of individuals and organizations throughout the USA, helping them through their people through, through C-suite leaders and board members achieve success as individuals and as teams. She's an award-winning, best-selling author of Learn, Lead, Lift, How to Think, Act, and Inspire Your Way to Greatness, and has been featured in Forbes, Yahoo News, Business Digest, Authority Magazine, CEO Magazine, and Thrive Global. You know, she is really a person that walks the talk and and talks the talk. She she's gone through this uh through helping people expand diversity, inclusion, equity, and accessibility in the investor and business ecosystem. Welcome, Wendy. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So you know, the world of business has totally been uprooted by this pandemic that's been going on for two years. I mean, all the things we used to think were gospel truths are no longer gospel anymore. We, we used to think everybody had to work in their offices. They had to work in cubicles. They had to work chained to a desk. Uh, that has totally gone out the window as people were forced to work from their homes. And yet, working from their homes became a not so bad a thing. We, we, we learned to pivot. We learned to shake. We learned to change with the times. And many companies have done extremely well with that. And then there's others that have not done so well with that. So what's the difference between the two? Well, I love this question because one, it's so timely. And two, I don't think we fully know the answer to that yet because we're still learning together around this pandemic and all the different phases that we're going through. I think clearly companies and organizations that had an idea that they wanted to be ready for the future and could see some of the things happening in the pandemic as 
accelerants for changes that were probably already going to happen seem to have a bit of a leg up, if you will, in navigating some of that. So I think those kinds of cultures and that mindset in organizations has been helpful. I think those who um, were not quite as ready to embrace change coming in the future have, have struggled more. They've had more catching up to do, as well as those who have this notion that we're going to go back to our previous state. You know, we, we still hear people say things on occasion like, I can't wait till we get back to normal. And I sort of cringe inwardly because I think, I'm not sure you can get back there. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, I, I think all of us are faced with the prospect of the new normal, the new situations that go on. You know, you're sitting there in San Jose. I'm sitting here in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. We are totally communicating well. We are in our own boxes, our own thing. This is being recorded by Zoom. And then it's going to be put on platforms that are going to go around the world. It, it, they are literally going to go to thousands, if not millions of people in ways we would have never dreamed possible not too long ago. My podcast has become syndicated, meaning it's also on 12 radio stations and also another 12 live streaming stations. So in addition to just being on my regular uh, website and stuff like that, and the platforms it normally goes on, it now has the ability to reach so many people. It's crazy. And, you know, it's said that the podcasting world is greater than the radio world. It's greater than the television world. And the big podcasts actually have, have a reach greater than NBC, CBS, ABC, which is crazy. It's astonishing how quickly that has happened. Yes. I, I think this is the world we deal with. And, and I think we have to, again, realize it's a world that's in flux. It's a world that's pivoting, and it's a world that really is a different world than we saw not too long ago. Now, the seeds of change were largely flamed by, by that thing called COVID. Yes, it was a great accelerant for some really positive things and also continues to be uh, so stressful for a lot of people who unfortunately, aren't even in a position to harness some of the good things. So I think it's a, it's a challenge for us as leaders to, on the one hand, celebrate the good things and the acceleration of beneficial change, and also make sure we are paying attention to people that might get left behind. And what are we doing about that? Yeah. So, so, I'm going to ask you another leading question. That's a very, very tough one to answer. In a situation like this, what is leadership? Mm -hmm. I define leadership, I think, in, in any situation 
as it's the act of influencing others to achieve a result not solely for your own interest. So there's, in my definition of leadership, and I think the best leadership, we really see that orientation toward both influence, which requires a certain amount of power and intentionality, and it's not all about me, the leader. You know, I'm, I'm doing that and I'm exercising that power and influence in service of something. Um, it, it might benefit me too, and that's okay, but it can't just be about me. So I think that remains true even now in the midst of the pandemic and, and all the changes we're seeing and maybe becomes even more important for us to focus on. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Now, another thing about a great leader is they identify barriers that are holding them back to get success. How do they do that? Yeah, I think great leaders are good at noticing. They, they've developed this muscle that sometimes we associate with mindfulness. Sometimes we associate it with emotional intelligence or just being a really good observer or listener. I I kind of bundle all of that together as noticing. And I talk in my book about getting better at noticing as, as one of the ways that we set ourselves up for growth as a leader. I think in addition to that, it's really about your mindsets, it's your skill sets, and it's your behaviors as a leader. And when we are good at noticing not just how we're thinking, but how other people might be thinking, what we know how to do and what other people know how to do, how we're showing up and how other people are showing up. It's amazing what we can accomplish when we're paying attention. That's true. I think the ability to notice and the ability for a leader also to have people around them to help solve problems recognize their abilities and get them and not be threatened by them and, and literally letting them help along the way to solve the problems, not, not getting there despite them, but because of them. That's right. I think for uh, far too long, we think thought about leadership largely in terms of what, you know, and know how to do. So we really looked at skill sets. And the leader was, who who's the smartest person in the room, meaning who knows the most, right? And that that person is the logical choice to be the leader. And I think we've really, for a combination of reasons, we've really come to recognize that that's not the only model, that there's so much we need to make an organization work or a business successful now that no one person can have all of that knowledge and all of that skill. So this idea of how do you harvest that collectively and that collective capacity for knowledge and leadership is so important. And it, and then that sort of unlocks a whole bunch of other things that we need to think about. Yeah. And from that, the leader has to effectively create an action plan 
and identify the resources that they need to achieve their success. Yes, they, you're not going to achieve it by yourself. So again, self-reliance is, is such a great thing to an extent, but we can't stop there. We have to think about how do I leverage the talent? How do I leverage the resources around me? And by articulating that in some sort of plan, we make it easier for people to be part of that and to plug in and know where they can contribute. So transparency is important. Um, being able to share your thoughts and ideas in a way that other people can follow what you have in mind and then can contribute their own thinking is also part of a, I think a great leader's toolkit. So, so what else is in that toolkit? What else does that leader need in today's world to transcend the difficulties? Yeah, I think uh, an area that we are becoming much more informed about and paying a lot more attention to is mindset. And I think that is how we think. And so for many years, we did not really worry about that. You know, again, we were very focused on skills and then we were very focused on behaviors. So it was make sure you know how to do certain things and make sure you're not a jerk to people. But it's more recently that we're going, wait a minute, there's something missing here. And, and I think it is mindset. It's how, how are we thinking? And in the Learn, Lead, Lift framework, we talk about six mindsets being really critical. And they're people first, identity matters, systems thinking, the 3T model, grit, and growth. And those are very powerful. Now, certainly, uh, one of the ones that you mentioned there, that grit, that tenacity, has been something that we've learned over and over again. It is something that's one of the most important traits a person could have. And one of the, the, the traits that cannot be underestimated because the, the tenacity, the grit is, is something that really is one of the things that overcomes almost any other adversity. It, it really, you know, when people say no, the person finds a way to the yes. Yes. It's really thanks to Angela Duckworth and her team and others, we've, we've really been able to become much more aware and appreciative of how much effort counts in the equation and that it in fact counts a lot more at the end of the day than talent. So it's not that talent doesn't matter, but that effort is ultimately twice as beneficial, if you will. So it is very important that as leaders, we cultivate grit, not only in ourselves, but we also support the people around us, whether they're our children, whether they're younger people we're mentoring, whether they're our peers. 
making sure that we're noticing when people are putting forth effort and we're validating that and we're seeing that and appreciating that is so important. Yeah. So let's go through the other elements that you talked about in your framework that are important. So skill sets, one of them, of course, is emotional intelligence. And uh, we also talk about things like holding people accountable and inspiring and including developing others. Those are all uh, strategic thinking. Those are all skills that whether you're a CFO running a financial organization or you're um, an engineer or you're an academic, those things really matter and they make a difference in leadership. Of course, you're going to have to add to that some other skill sets. So if I'm a CFO, again, I might need to know something about financial planning, uh, and that's going to be important for my role. But it isn't necessarily what's making me a great leader in general. It's what's making me a great leader in that CFO role. And then behaviors are the last element of our framework. And we use an acronym called FIDA, uh, which stands for focus, integrity, decisiveness, authenticity, and humility. And when I was researching uh, for the book and doing interviews with a very wide variety of people from all different backgrounds and professions and worldviews, um, it, it struck me how consistently those five behaviors came up in our discussions. So I think from a, again, back to that idea of there is a universal set of elements that we recognize in great leadership, and I think those behaviors are where we see them most clearly. Interesting. That, that's huge. Yeah. Um, I, I think those behaviors are something that are largely underestimated as roles to success, as ingredients for success, because each one of those alone maybe is not that important, but all of them together are extremely important. Agreed. Agreed. And they are something that we, we don't necessarily have to be equally excellent at all five, right? So, so some days we're going to be a little more focused than other days. Uh, hopefully most of the time we are staying within our integrity but really making sure that we are able to show up in a way that other people could describe us as someone who is focused, high integrity, decisive, becomes a, a very big differentiator for now, effective leadership. Now, how important is it for a leader who is lacking some of those characteristics to have somebody else on the team with those characteristics? That's one of the easiest ways to solve for that is by if, if you have clarity as a leader that that is an area of opportunity for you, certainly focus is an area of opportunity for me. So I'm very clear about that with my team, for example, and we, we set up systems, we um, make sure that the way that I'm scheduling my day is 
all being done in a way that's going to help me show up as more focused. And so you, you build it in, you bake it into your schedule, your systems, your process, and make sure you have people on your team who can help you with that. Okay. Now, the big bugaboo that bothers most organizations is the word change. Because they're very comfortable with the way things are going. But you throw a monkey wrench into the system and have to do change. uh, That is something that's very difficult. How do you recommend people adapt to change? Well, leading change is one of the skill sets in our framework for great leadership. Because it is that important that leaders understand some of the fundamental dynamics around change and how to work with that. So I think that's a starting point is recognizing that leading people through change is a skill set and you can build that and develop that. I think it's very true that all of us as humans like to think we're better at change or like to talk about being good at change, but our behavior would suggest otherwise. So I think it kind of starts with us embracing that humility to say, you know, I'm probably not as good at this as I think, whether I'm the leader or or not a leader. Um, And so Again, what are some tools, what are some resources, what are some mindsets that I can cultivate to to help me and support me? Because change is not going away, and if anything, it is going to continue accelerating. So all of us together trying to get a little bit better could make a huge difference, I think. That's huge. Okay, another topic you talk about all the time is self-awareness and you talk about you can increase your self-awareness in five minutes a day can you give some insight to our listeners on that yes i think it's something that we assume is much more complicated and difficult than it actually is so the good news in this is that you really can become more effective at self-awareness pretty rapidly and through relatively little effort. So most of us can find five minutes in a day and it doesn't have to be five minutes that is in addition to other things you're doing. It can be as simple as setting the timer on your phone for a certain time of day And maybe that's a time of day that you're eating breakfast, you're walking the dog. Uh, Maybe it's in between two meetings in an afternoon. And you're developing the practice of simply noticing what's going on with you from a physical point of view. And then what kind of thoughts are going through your head? And you're just practicing your noticing. You, You don't have to worry about what you're thinking about. You don't have to worry about what you're feeling. You're just tuning in. And the more often you do that, the easier it is for you to apply that same kind of noticing 
throughout your day and in other contexts, but it starts by giving yourself that concentrated time. That's a huge idea there. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes we are so much in this thing of doing, always doing. We're always trying to accomplish. We're always trying to get from A to B. We always are trying to get through that pile of things on our desk. We we have these goals and initiatives that we have to get through from Monday through Friday. And if we don't, then we got to take it home and work on it on the evenings or weekends. And I think, you know, noticing what you need to do is a very important part of achieving those goals. You know, I, I don't think it's just the achieving the goals. It's how you achieve them and spending the time doing the things properly. And, and I think some of our greatest leaders are those that actually do that. I agree. I, in fact, a quick story I'll share. My dad was a public company CEO and I learned a lot of things from him. Uh, some of them of course, related to leadership, because I had a bit of a front row seat at the dinner table each night, and he would talk about what was going on at work and what he was observing. And one thing that that really struck me is he would work from eight in the morning to five at night, and that's it. He He was a person who believed that that is the capacity he had to get things done, and he didn't work on the weekends. He he managed to do everything in that time frame, and he was very, very focused and mindful about what he said yes to and what he said no to. And I've always really thought, huh, you know, he, he was on to something there. Now, we could think about all of the things that he had going for him, which we might call privilege, uh, that allowed him to be focused in that way and and to do that. However, I think it's still something we can we can all learn from. Yeah, I think boundaries, barriers, time management, things things that are very important, you know, in all this. And and I think in all this we usually can get more done than we realize providing we we think about things and do them in a way that's very realistic. Yes, I think because he had set that those guardrails for himself, he was much more productive than he would have been otherwise. I, I hear you completely, and I and I applaud you for saying that. So, ladies and gentlemen, today we've been talking to Wendy Ryan, who's CEO of a company called Cadabra. So, so Wendy. How can people get in touch with you if they'd like to? And how can they get a copy of their book, of your book? A great way to learn more about me and to get in touch is through LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on that platform, posting and, and connecting with other people. So you can find me there. And in terms of the book, there is a website dedicated to the book, which is Learn, Lead, Lift all one word, dot com. And if you visit the site, you can uh, access links to purchase the book instantly on 
you can purchase the book wherever books are sold, but if you want to be taken directly to those pages and not have to search, that's a good place to start. Fantastic. Well, I must thank you for being here today. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and time with us. And, you know, I, I have no doubt that along the way our paths are going to cross again. I have no doubt uh, there's some things we're going to do in the future again. I certainly hope so. And it's really been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you very much. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. We'll be right back.